All right, guys, we are kicking this off. We are brand new into the month of July. Summer is cruising right along, and let's get podcasting. There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. This is Jim Huntsman, your humble host, coming at you from the Broken Tine Studio right here in Clark Fork, Idaho. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you joining us. Um, got a cool episode lined up for you today. Somebody have been uh, we've been trying to kind of connect for a, for a while uh, and and get this thing lined up. So we finally got it done, and I'm going to introduce him. We are just a couple quick an- announcements. Um, We've still got our dashboard hunting mentor series. Uh, gosh, that thing is a tongue twister, man. I gotta, I really gotta focus when I say it. The dashboard hunting mentor series is. Uh, we just released episode two last week of that. So if you've got any youth hunters, or new hunters, uh, adult onset hunters, people that just are are gearing up maybe for their first hunt or thinking about getting into hunting, uh, that series is for them. And I promise it is. Um, it is clean language, it uh, so the kiddos can listen. Uh, watch my mouth for a change, and uh, but it's all about just really good information, basically and essentially anything that folks don't learn um, in in hunters education. The stuff that you need to know is going to be in those series, and so we'll be doing another one of those episodes here in the month of July, uh, as well as the much sought after and wildly popular School of September series. Um, can't believe how well those things do, guys. I, I appreciate uh, everybody that that tunes into those and shares them with people. And and uh, you just wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't believe the amount of comments and emails and feedback we get and the insane amount of downloads we get on those episodes. So um, that's uh, really humbling and and uh, really appreciate you guys and the support on that. But School of September is going to be kicking off in a couple of weeks. Uh, with or I'm sorry, not kicking off, but the July installment of school September is a couple weeks out, and we will get that out to you. And and uh, I'm not even going to announce who the guest is yet because I want to keep it a secret. I'll keep you on the edge of your your seats, folks. It's what we do around here, right? <laughs> and so this week, uh, really exciting. I got my buddy Mike Edgeworth. He is with or I'm sorry, I'm I'm trying to read two things and talk at the same time. Mike Edgehouse. And he's with Credo Outdoors is joining me uh, for a really interesting perspective and discussion centered around what Credo Outdoors is. And I think you guys are going to get a lot. I know I'm going to get a lot out of it. I, th- I think you guys are going to get a lot out of it, too. Mike, appreciate you joining me, man. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jim, thanks for the call, man. Looking forward to it. You're right. We've been trying to connect for when did I reach out to you about two months ago? Something yeah, along those yeah lines. it was a while it was, ago. It was the peak of bear season, and mm-hmm. like I said I had... I had a bear to kill and uh, record and everything else, and I think when was it? The week and a half ago, you went out and killed a dandy as well, huh? You know, it, it was 
you make a good point. You're a, you must be a better hunter than I. It took me almost the entire season to get it done. Um, but I did finally get one. It was actually a week ago today. It was last Tuesday. Hey, uh, I, 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 I've hunted bear for multiple years, and I'm not going to lie to you. I hadn't even seen a damn bear until this year. And, <laughs> and we were supposed to meet some guys and go hunting. And it was really funny. And I'll make a quick story. And I looked at my business partner, Adrian, and we couldn't find the people we were supposed to meet because one of the things we do is we kill animals and then we record the whole process of uh, field dressing them. Yeah, and yeah. we went down to where we were hunting to get this accomplished. So we had bear um, available to, you know, the people that are associated with Credo Outdoors and, you know, 540 in the morning, I'm like, Adrian, what should we do? Should we go up to the glassing knob? And it's like, well, yeah, we're here to hunt a bear so we can just film it with our iPhones. And we get up to this glassing knob and Jim, I'm not kidding you. It, it was three seconds. I stood on top. I tried not to vomit because it was so steep and we were hustling oh, up there. And I looked across this drainage and I was, on the way up, I was in such a red zone that I swear I saw a wolverine, I saw some mink, I saw some skunks, and they were just all burnt tree stumps. But I was in, you know, yeah, really you bad. Were in mode. Oh, I was in mode, and I was barely able to breathe. It was so steep. And I got up top onto this knob, and Adrian's about 50 yards behind me. And I look across, and I'm like, oh, man, is that a goddamn bear? And I was like, no, that must be, that must be a stump. <laughs> It could, and I'm breathing, like really trying not to throw up and pass out. And then I saw it move a leg and I went, oh, shit. It's a and bear. so immediately went, dropped everything, went prone, got into hunting mode. Adrian came up and uh, I said, Adrian, give me a distance on that bear. And he takes his rainfinder out and I hear him click it three times. And I'm prone, first bear, first time, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Super he's excited. Like, hey. He's like, the batteries on my rangefinder don't work. And I looked over my shoulder. I mean, sometimes you got to laugh. I just started laughing. And he said, I just looked over him on my shoulder. I went, yeah, that's fucking perfect. Like, <laughs> it was just like we couldn't find the guys in the morning. We're up there by ourselves. And anyway, he clicked it on. And, you know, it was like 190 away. And then I had a conversation of, should I shoot it now? Or hopefully we get, you know, the film crew up here. What are we doing? And he kind of looked at me. He's like, you should shoot that bear. And, you know, it was moving. It was walking with intention, going through a couple like slide paths. And it was walking, hustling up the hillside to through this last slide path. And we shouted a couple times, made some noises, got it to stop. And if it stopped for two seconds, that might be giving it one second too long. And as soon as it stopped, I sent one and, just a perfect shot. I, I re re racked real quick and I was like, I got him again. I got him again. He's running downhill and Adrian's cracking up and he's like, he's not running. He's somersaulting backwards downhill. Oh Mike. shit. Nailed and him. it was, it was perfect. It was just such a, such a cool thing. He, uh, he taped out at just under five foot oh, jet sweet. black bore, um, like almost purple. He's so black. It was pretty sweet first bear. Um, but again, I would not call myself a bear hunter at this point. It was the best, like one of the funnest hunts I've been on. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had more trips where I haven't seen bear or sign a bear or hide nor hair. And this just took all three seconds to work out. Well, congratulations, man. That's fantastic. I, you know, I, I gotta tell you that this, so that was your first bear. This was my yep. first bear too. And <sighs> it, it was really only my second season of, of like, intentionally going out bear hunting like like seriously you know what i mean i i did it i did it a little bit the year before 
uh, up north here, up in Unit One, just did like a couple of little spot and stock hunts, and and uh, nothing, nothing serious, you know. Right. Right. And and but I this year I wanted to take it and last year I got kind of screwed because we were selling our house. Which by the way, those of you uh, that that asked about the homestead situation, um, I promise at some point I'll do like an episode. I, apparently, people are really into the homestead thing. You know, and, and, and so you know, it's what, a pretty cool pretty cool deal you got going on up there. It's cool until it snows five feet and yeah, you, you can't get out of your driveway, but. Other than that, uh, I didn't know people were so into it, so I, I've, I'm kind of trying to formulate an idea. If that's of interest to people out there listening in this, you know, shoot me an email, Jim at the Western Huntsman.com. Uh, but there's been some interest. They want me to do an episode about homesteading and getting into it kind of thing. So I might do that. But anyway, right. point, point is we reached our one-year mark here on the homestead uh, two weeks ago. And so we have officially been through all four seasons They've all been like extreme North Idaho type kind of seasons in terms of what the norms are. It's not normally that much snow. It wasn't normally that much heat as we had last year. And no, we don't it's normally been, have this much moisture in the spring. So it has been a roller coaster of a twelve month for dude, sure. Dude, yeah, because you're you're a fellow North Idahoan. You're just like yeah, an hour yeah. and a half south of me. Correct. And and so you're down a quarter lane, right? <clears throat> yep, that's exactly right. So, so anyways, point being moving last year, kind of ruined my bear hunt. So this year was like, I was, I, I was on it, man. I was, it was, it yeah. was full on. I, I committed completely to bear hunting and I'm, and what I'm finding Mike is like, it has become one of my favorite hunts. I mean, I, it, it I is, actually made that same comment. It's like hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, so man. Fun. It's like right <laughs> below, uh, elk season, archery elk season for me. I, I mean, yep. it is just a ball. And what was crazy about when I got my bear, um, I had been filming, just kind of self-filming myself yeah. um, and making little clips and taking some bee footage and all the stuff to try to make a video, right? And sure. every time I'm sitting up at my bait site, I would set up these two different tacticams that I have. So I, I'd have two different views, one of really where the bear I expected to come in and I would take a shot and, and I'm like 60 yards from it. Yep. Um, and then I had like this other angle that would hopefully get the bear, but it also get me shooting. And so I had that set up every, every night and I, I hit this thing hard. Uh, I hit it for 18 nights straight. Uh, I took a couple days off and then I went back up there, rebated it early in the afternoon and sat uh -huh. there for hours. But what was going on was where I was at, uh, was the most wildly epic case of mosquitoes and gnats I've ever seen in my life. Like I, I, you know, I spend a lot of time in the woods, Mike, right. and I have never had mosquitoes and gnats like this. So what I was doing is I was hauling my, uh, I've, I've got this, uh, jacket from scree, their hard scrabble coat. The mosquitoes uh -huh. can't, can't, uh, get through. And I've been taking that in my pack, and I, I put that on. No matter how hot it was, I would put that on because it would protect me. Well, I had forgotten it this night, a week ago tonight. Oh. I had forgotten it in, in the truck. It was on the back seat of my truck. I get over there. I set up all my cameras. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. And the mosquitoes are so bad, like, the gnats just bump you right in the face and just stick to your eyebrows. And it was fucking crazy. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, this is bullshit. I mean, pardon my French, but, man, it, I was like, I was pissed. And, and like, trying not to move so the bear yeah, that comes in exactly. on the face I mean, you can't, you can't even blink. Camo. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm sitting there. 
like three hours go by and it's like 7.30 at this point and I'm like, you know what? Nothing's probably going to come in tonight. I'll just hit it again. I've got two days left after today. I'm going to get out of here. I pack up my cameras. I put my pack on and I'm standing up and I grabbed my rifle and just for kind of shits and giggles, I turn around and check the other hill, you know, where, where I expect the bear to yep. come in. This bear is standing there. And I don't know why it was standing there. Like, like I was making a lot of noise. And I'm just, I'm just trying away. to figure out what the hell you were. And it, it, yeah, and and so it, it ended up being a sow. Um, and uh-huh. she, she, and it was a bear that had been hitting my my bait quite a bit. And not yeah. not teeny, not huge, you know, just kind of a, you know, I don't know, hundred and I, I don't I don't I don't even want to guess the weight. I would say about yeah. 140 pounds at uh-huh. at a good most. bear, a good bear, decent bear. Yeah, and uh, I learned that uh, there's a lot of ground shrinkage going on when you come when it comes to bear hunting. Anyway, I don't mean to make this whole story drag on, but she turns and starts kind of side hilling this this hill in front of me, and steps out from behind this tree, and I nail her, and she comes running right at me, stops oh, twenty yards away, and turns around and runs back, and and kind of <laughs> just stops, and I I plug her again. I didn't need to. Right. And, but she went down and, and boom, there you go. First bear ever. Um, but the bummer part is I'd made all this footage, but I didn't get the kill shot on film. And so like, why even make a video at this point? <laughs> well, because, because you should make the video of you swatting the mosquitoes in the gnats. Cause I think everybody <laughs> can empathize with that. Yeah. and probably make fun of you as well. <laughs> oh man. It's just, it's crazy. I'm, I was so bummed. My tactic cams were all put up and you know, I hit and the, the tactic cams are cool, man, because you could set, you could set two or three of them up and you wear this little remote control around your neck and yeah. you hit the button and they all three turn on automatically and oh. and start recording and and it's it's super cool and i was so, so excited you can kind to of do set that. up surround view exactly and that's what oh, i had done cool. with two cameras i'd set up like two different pov angles and yeah uh that's what the goal was when a bear came in i'd hit that record button and they'd pop on it instantly and i'd get the shot and it'd get be all on you know camera but anyway yeah. hey <laughs> what did you think of the uh, musculature on that animal you and i communicated a little bit about that after i shot mine did you do you see the size of the biceps and triceps on the, that animal? Yeah, it's 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 insane, dude. I, I, I it, it is nothing like it is like nothing I've ever um, processed before. Um, yeah, they're huge. I, I jacked up the hide, and because I, I, I was gonna, oh, no. I was gonna tan the hide out myself. Yeah. And I just it between while I'm doing it, the mosquitoes are still terrible. It's it's like dark at this point. Uh, yep. And I'd never done a bear before, and yep. uh, I I jacked it up, and so I actually ended up throwing it away, the hideaway, after I oh, did the no. whole check-in. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, my uh, when I went down for the bear hunt, my wife had two, and she doesn't listen to podcasts, so I can say this, although her friends may call her. I had two rules: <laughs> don't get eaten by a bear, and for God's sakes you're not allowed to bring a bear rug home. So I didn't get eaten, and the bear rug won't be here for another 10 months, so I'm hoping she forgets about that. She'll forget, Second man. rule. She'll oh, totally my, forget. Yeah. Just buy I her figured some presents. I'll just, I figured I'll throw it on the bed, and uh, mm-hmm. when she comes mm-hmm. home from work, she can see this nice five-foot bear rug on the bed. I think that's <laughs> a great idea, dude. I'm pretty sure it might be the end of my life, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's a, a great idea. I uh, <laughs> I wasn't even going to do a rug. I was just going to I was just gonna <clears throat> tan the hide myself, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and uh, do that. But, I mean, 
this thing, it looked like the letter Z and the letter Y had a baby. And, it, you know, the way I cut it up, it was terrible. I need to take your course, which actually, speaking of, that, that brings us to Credo Outdoors. Yep. Yep. Um, and kind of what your specialty and expertise is. You want to give everybody the, the snapshot of, of who you are and, and uh, what Credo Outdoors is? I would love to do it. I would love it. So uh, we focus on everything after the kill, right? So the hunting, that's covered. I mean, there's amazing people, amazing companies out there. Uh, Elk Shape, Elk 101, you know, all the different people out there that are teaching people on YouTube through their classes how to prep, how to get in shape, how to shoot, how to stalk, um, you know, the the Lamper stuff, everything that they do, it's amazing. But yeah. what we found when we did our market analysis was that while they might mention and talk about what happens after the kill and especially being in shape for the pack out because it's, a, you know, usually pretty tough and that they don't really go into the nitty gritty of what to do when you walk upon that first large dead animal that you've killed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, in our hunting, uh, my business partner, Adrian Pasuti and I, we've been in the field and we've walked upon animals that have their heads taken off and back strips taken off. And we're just standing there looking at going, no shit, that's, there's a problem here. We've walked into gut piles that have the heart in it still. Um, we've just started experimenting eating the liver. Um, so I would take that. How was that? You know, (laughs) surprisingly good was it so at our most at our most recent camp i actually saved the liver from my son's deer this year and i breaded it and fried it up on a blackstone you know just like three minutes aside and some butter for the campers and it was really really good it will it'll now be in one of the organs that i take i will take the heart and the liver for sure at this point um so anyway so we were sitting around elk camp like this is a problem and honestly we just wanted to kind of get into the hunting industry to maybe write off some of our hunting expenses things along those lines um not a terrible idea not a terrible no no my background is i'm a biologist at lewis clark state college been there for like 12 years do anatomy and physiology i went to med school uh back in philadelphia which is where i met my wife but i stopped a couple years short of finishing med school so you know i'm an educator i i that's my passion that's what i like to do so we focus on educating people on everything that it takes after you kill the animal Mm -hmm. so you know our tagline that we worked with uh one of your buddies john gabriel on is we're the game processing institute so we run camps we teach people how to field dress an animal doing the gutless method we talk to them and present meat care options to them. We bring a meat scientist into our camps to talk to them, do a Q&A with that, set them up with different packs to go for hikes, and then bring them into the kitchen. And I give them a pretty generalized anatomy lesson on the difference between the sirloin tip, sirloin cap, bottom round, top round, eye of round, um, all those great cuts. And Adrian does the front shoulder and shows them how to do a bone-in roast, boneless roast, grind oh, meat. Oh, really? Yes, and we walk through everything butchering. So when a when a hunter leaves our camp, a hunter, huntress, young kid that's getting into hunting, when they leave our camp, 
they will be able to perform the gutless method without question, and they'll be able to butcher their own animal, and they're going to leave with 25 to 50 recipes that we put together in a binder form so that they now know how to also cook their animal so that, you know, it man, honors their kill. That's and powerful they're able stuff. To make their, oh, you know? Shit, man, I need great. to take that course. Like, I've been butchering my own animals for a long time, but I suck <laughs> at it. I, I, You know, I... I don't really know how to identify the different muscle groups and all that. I just kind of know, okay, I'm cutting this into steaks uh, or chops, whatever, yep, and yep. grinding this. And, you know, it's it's just like super, uh, uh, like, redneck process from my end. Uh, uh, man, and it I, works, I grew but... up in rural Ohio. I am <laughs> well aware of kill an animal, and we're going to cut little pieces of it off and throw it on a charcoal grill, and whatever yeah. it tastes like will be determined what yeah. we do with it. And so, but, you know, being an educator – teaching at the college and teaching older kids, not high school kids and stuff like that. There's certain like memory devices and different things you can present to the campers that help them remember. Like I, for one had the hardest time because it just made no sense to me that the bottom round was on the outside or the lateral part of the hind quarter and not the medial. It just seemed like bottom should be closer to the bottom, closer to the ground, but hmm. it's not the bottom rounds that outside cut. And I couldn't remember it until I put together B.O., you know, because everyone knows about B.O. Everyone knew about that stinky kid in high school. He had bad B.O. And yeah. the bottom round's on the outside. So it's B.O. So anytime you cut that round off, it's on the outside. On the hind quarter. Um, you're, you're talking that, that hind quarter muscle? The hind quarter muscle, the bottom round is on the outside. Uh-huh. It's a bit of a tougher cut. Yep. Um, a lot of people use it for jerky. It's great as whole muscle jerky. Some people grind it. Um, just doesn't present with that much flavor or tenderness. Whereas if you go on the other side of that hind quarter, the top rounds on the inside, that's a muscle 100%. Cut it into one and a half inch to one inch thick steaks, grill it medium rare, and enjoy it as a steak. It's so tender. Okay. So delicious. Yeah, man. I'm gonna take your course, man. I <laughs> I need it's... I need I feel like I, I screw up a lot of meat. I don't screw it up. I, I just do it wrong and I'm not getting the full benefit. Yeah, does that make sense? Like it's I, just... I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's all I mean, it is. that's why we put that's why we put the course together. So we ran it through some beta testing last year and we had some guys that have actually guided elk in northern Idaho show up to it. Um, some family friends showed up to it. We had fathers and sons we had mothers show up to it and give us a bunch of feedback and it was kind of like what you said like man i've been doing it my way for 20 years and never even thought about doing it this way it's so much easier like what's the scariest thing for you when you take off that hind quarter the scariest i i don't know um that I'm puncturing gonna, the I'm, guts. Oh, yes, shit yes, yes, flow yes, yes. all yes. over your meat. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then you dig around in there trying to find that ball and socket joint of the hip so you can actually open it up and then scrape meat off of the the pelvis. Right. Yep. Man, the muscles tell you exactly where that ball and socket joint is. Like, a, there's a line between the sirloin okay. and the top round, a literal white line. It's the femur. Is it that leads right to? The ball and socket. I think I, a, I know what white line you're talking about, but is that going to be the same thing? Like, um, I noticed, <laughs> like, I can find the ball joint on a, on a deer or an elk, no problem, but I struggled yep. finding it with the bear. Is it is it's it going to be the same? <clears throat> it was 100% the same because that white line is the femur, and the ball is the head of the femur okay. sitting in 
that pocket on the hip. Yeah. Right. So we experimented with that with the bear down that we got on our hunt. And then, you know, the elk and the deer that we end up killing every year, you know, and it varies. It's about an inch and a half. Like if you're pushing on the guts, it's about an inch and a half up from the guts, depending upon the size of the animal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, actually found smaller animals. It's more like two inches up bigger animals. It's more like an inch because those bones are so damn large. But if you just follow that line between that sirloin tip roast or what you probably heard is the football roast and yeah. the top round, those two, that muscle separation is the femur. And so, it takes you right to that point. And once you cut that open, you just, I mean, you're filleting meat off of the pelvis and you're not going to puncture the guts. Huh. Okay. So the the courses that you do, these camps, <clears throat> yep. you you basically, you have an animal. Because I, I, when we talked on the phone, you, you said like sometimes it's it's a goat or, or whatever. So, <laughs> it's just funny. I thought of a quote from the hangover when he's like no it's a baby goat honey (laughs) Uh, um no so we use butcher lambs so there's one lamb per two campers so i pick up butcher lambs um, Uh from our lamb purveyor here in northern idaho eastern washington we take them down and you know the farmer's amazing he loans me his livestock trailer and everything else and adrian and i get up at you know five in the morning take our little 22 short out and call the animals and bleed them out. Campers show up. We have breakfast set up for them and we do a little classroom, walking through some anatomy, what the day is going to present, what to expect. Mm-hmm. And then they go out and it is one-on-one hands-on attention to every single camper so that they are confident in their field dressing techniques. We run through one animal where we gut it for them to show them the guts and run through some anatomy. And then that's an extra animal for somebody that wants maybe a little more practice finding that ball and socket joint. So we let them do that. But every camper does a front quarter, a hind quarter, half of a back strap, and half of a neck on a butcher lamb, which 150-pound butcher lamb, I mean, that's bigger than some of the deer my son has shot. Oh, yeah. Right? No, that's perfect. That, that's a yeah. great size. That's kind of in between your your average deer and your, your elk, you know. Um, yep. God, that'd yep. be perfect. Exactly. And then, like I said, they hang the meat and we hike it around so they can feel different packs, talk about different things to do with it. And then at about two o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon, we go inside and we run through the anatomy lesson of how to butcher your own animal. Like never rely on a butcher again, do it yourself. Yeah. And you know, the muscles separate for you. I mean, you've done it enough, you know, yeah, for you put sure. your finger yeah. between, they separate for you, but it's a problem with identifying the muscles and then recognizing like the bottom round shouldn't really be made in the stakes. That's the top round. See, that's, that's the key. That's the key right there, Mike is, is that's where I think that for, for those of us, you know, whether it's me or anybody listening to this that does their own meat. Um, and, and I, I don't, I don't hate, I've got butchers that are, that are friends of mine, like, like Dan Mm -hmm. over at get your meat LLC, you know, the, the, that are good, honest butchers. But they're yeah. not all like that, and it's it's a the expense of it, and then b um, you never know what you're getting back. Yes, um, that yes. that uh, that is kind of a problem for me. So I've been butchering my own for for a while, but 
the the right. key that what you just talked about is and uh, kind of repetitive here, but I don't know the difference between okay I, when I take a, a rear quarter and I start cutting separating the muscles apart. I don't know which one is good for this kind of meat and versus this one is good for that. I just end up looking at it and I'm like, oh, that makes a good steak size. Okay, I'll cut that. <laughs> oh, this this makes good jerky, whatever. Or yep. just because it looks like it's easier to cut for jerky. <laughs> yeah. You know. Absolutely. And then you I get totally some understand. of it. It's like, man, I'm throwing that in the grind pile. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I I could tell you for the hindquarter, I have discovered so many really cool little pieces of meat that for years, for five, 10 years, I would throw in the grind pile. Um, There's there's one piece, and I'm sure it's incorrect, even though I'm an anatomy professor. It's an incorrect nomenclature in the butch world, but I call it the sirloin cap. And I'll tell you a funny story. I pulled these out from last year's elk, and I grilled them up to medium rare. And my wife and I were sitting across the table from each other and I was cutting into it and she put her fork and knife down. And she's like, seriously, you have to stop. And I was like, I have to stop what? And she's like, you're moaning as you eat your steak. It's actually, it's grossing me out, Mike. And I said, <laughs> I said, Kristen, this is, this is the best fucking steak I've ever had. And you know, she's a city girl. We've eaten a great steakhouse. And I said, this sirloin cap this should be coveted by hunters. And I don't think anyone even knows about the damn thing. I, yeah, like I don't, I don't, it's that good. And I've ground them for years and I will never grind that piece of meat again. I probably have too. I probably have done freaking <laughs> tacos or Swedish venison meatballs or something. Yeah. With it. <laughs> it should, exactly. be a ste- should be a steak, man. That's cool. I got a question. Yeah. I got a, I got an oddball question here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you're, you're, you teach anatomy at a college. That's right. Outside of uh, you know doing doing credo outdoors and, and teaching hunters how to how to you know break down a butcher and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, that's right. What is that dynamic? Do, do you like your students at the college know that you're a hunter? And I guess I I ask that because I feel like colleges just are this uber freaking like politically correct left leaning crazy place mm-hmm. where you can't talk about things like guns and butchering animals and meat and like you know you'll get canceled and blah 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 like you know and i think that's a perception that we get a lot from you know social media or or just the the media in general uh, yep, what's that yep. dynamic like do you do they know you're a hunter and all that kind of stuff they do they know they know i'm a hunter um they some of them know about credo uh because they've seen it it's funny enough the meat scientist that actually comes to our credo camps and talks to our hunters about meat safety and everything. She was one of my students at oh, LC. Really? She took one of my anatomy classes and just, we were wrapping out one day and I had mentioned that, you know, I own Credo and we do this, that and the other. And she was like, Whoa, that's awesome. I'm getting a meat science master's at university of Idaho. Like we should talk. Um, Man, I'd like, so to that, get, I'd like to get her on the show too. I, I love stuff. Oh, like she's that. awesome. Yeah. That'd be great. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they know, most of them, I mean, Lewis Clark State College is down in Lewiston, and Lewiston's a small, more blue-collar community full of hunting uh, hunters and families that hunt. Yeah, and that's true. I, I didn't take that into account. You're kind of in an area that's not, I mean, we're not talking about, uh, you know, Seattle, Washington or something. No, 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 no. I, could, I couldn't be in it's a place like that. Not I feel exactly. Like I, would get, I would get crucified. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean talking about, you know— the, killing 
small young baby animals because they taste better than their parents like that's most people would shy away from that <laughs> but but how how it worked i mean the spot we've been deer hunting down um down around lewiston for the past you know 10 years it's a i mentioned deer hunting in one of my classes that i was tired because i got chased off some property by coyotes and they ran me three miles from my truck one night and she looked at me she's like you should go out to my brother's place. He has a lot of deer and I've been hunting her brother's place ever since, you know, I mean, it's so they're, they're awesome. My students have been just absolutely awesome. Um, cool. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. It's like hope they've shared their favorite hunting spots with me. We swap hunting stories. Um, we have some, I have some students whose boyfriends or girlfriends are just getting into hunting. So, fun conversations after the learning process and class is over with that it's it's been really really great the students down there are really awesome when it comes to that how many times have you passed a failing student because they gave you a hunting spot i plead the fifth on that no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> i plead the fifth on that <laughs> Uh, I'd probably fail your class if I tried to take a college course these days. Depends on how good that hunting spot you gave me is. It would be like, hey, if I give you an Onyx pin, um, you'll just be like, oh, I'll turn a blind eye on that 12% you got on the test. I was see that 12% on the first test, Jim. That's, boy, that's, that's not that's just not failing. You're just a anymore. dumb son of a bitch, man. But I tell you what. <laughs> we I'm can make let a that deal. One slide. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I like I like your style, man. I like it. If you're anything like me, you're always looking for ways to improve your elk hunting skills for September. And one of my favorite ways is the Elk Collective. It's an absolute game changer in self-education. This virtual elk hunting course has over 150 videos that cover everything from elk calling, strategy, tips, setup, gear much much more there's a bunch of people involved some of the best elk hunters in the woods are involved with the elk collective and they've come together to put together this virtual course to help you notch more tags in september so check it out at the elkcollective.com and use promo code all one word the western huntsman for 20 bucks off the entire course that makes the course only 69 dollars it's a great deal and I promise if you go through this course, you will go into the elk woods with a lot more confidence and a much better chance at notching a tag on the mighty Wap. Hoffman Boots is the boot choice of the Western Huntsman podcast, and it has been for a very long time. I love my Hoffman in the Explorers, in the 6-inch or the 8-inch. Uh, they have all sorts of options for you to check out. Hoffman Boots is my go-to boot because I am a firm believer that when it comes to gear, the one piece of gear you don't want to skip on is boots. Get really good boots. And if you choose to do some Hoffman Boots, you're going to find out why I highly recommend these hunting boots. Made by a multi-generational family of shoemakers, these boots are made right here in North Idaho. And I've got an excellent deal for you if you choose to go with Hoffman Boots. Use promo code ALLCAPSLOCKHUNTSMAN10 for 10% off. Get you some of these boots and find out why I love them. Uh, They're totally waterproof. They're going to give you great traction on the mountain. They're super comfortable. There's very little break-in period. Can't recommend hopping boots enough. Check it out, guys. 
Next on the list is Scree Gear, high-octane hunting attire without breaking the bank. You want to go into the field with good camo, right? You want you want camo that works, that'll keep you dry, that'll keep you comfortable. You want layering systems, the merino wool, the rain gear, all the things that make hunting a little bit easier and allows you to stay in the field a lot longer. The problem with most of it is it's super expensive, not with Scree Gear. Scree Gear will give you all the high-end technical gear that you want without having to take out a second mortgage, and that's why I like it. And to make it even better, got a promo code, the Western Huntsman, all one word, and that will give you 15% off and free shipping. It's a heck of a deal, guys. I recommend checking out like their bundle packages. They have like the elk bundle or the whitetail bundle or the turkey bundle. All those bundles come with multiple pieces of gear, and you won't regret getting this gear. It's great stuff. Check out Scree at ScreeGear.com. Oh, and you want to call in an elk? Use Phelps Game Calls. I've been using Phelps Game Calls since uh, just about the beginning of Phelps Game Calls. It's a great company story, too. This company started in a little garage and is now one of the premier call companies on uh, within the industry. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with Phelps Game Calls, whether it's turkey calls, predator calls, waterfowl, or especially I think the bread and butter is the elk calls. And I, I use the Maverick. I use the Pink. I use the Gray Amp. Uh, check out the AMP series. If you're new to calling, I recommend getting a couple of different ones and trying them out. Find out which one works best for you. But uh, I promise you I'm not steering you wrong when it comes to Phelps Game Calls. It's a great company full of great people that make excellent products that actually work. And the proof is in the pudding. Call in a lot of elk, and you will too if you trust me, by going to phelpsgamecalls.com. I got Obviously, I got a promo code for you, right? Huntsman 10. Huntsman 10 for 10% off your Phelps Game Calls and check them out. Phelps Game Calls. Get them close. Two last items. Check out the Reveal Cell Cams from Tacticam. Whether it is for hunting or security, these are excellent cell cams that I have all over my property. To include, I, uh, I put them on some job sites for some security so people I know if, uh, if they're still in materials or whatever, I'm going to catch them. Uh, and another little promo code I like to throw out there is for Batum907 for anybody that is hunting bears spring or fall and you are allowed to bait. Don't forget to go to Batum907.com. Since made in Alaska, use promo code Huntsman10 for 10% off. The stuff works, and it works well. Let's get back to the show. Here we go. <laughs> I love it. It's been a hoot. It's been a lot of fun. Um and like I said, Credo is starting to starting to take off. We got a bunch of cool stuff going on. Um, the camps are—I mean, you've run camps before. It is an insane amount of work for the yeah. owners of the company, for Adrian and I. You know, as he's given a talk to the campers, I'm running around prepping dinner stuff and everything else. So that's the other thing we do: we cook all the meals. So um, breakfast is, you know, salmon and eggs from Costco. Um, which is totally fine, but lunch and dinner and then breakfast the following day are all wild game. Oh, so I take some of the elk that we've killed, some of the deer that we killed. Um, a couple of my friends said, you're crazy for serving them bear. Like you need to cook bear. Trust me, being a biologist, I cook bear to 161 minimum, usually 170 to 180. Uh, trichinosis is nothing I want to mess around with, but we feed them, we feed them. And let them experience. Like we feed them young animals, old animals, cook it with different seasonings, grill it to different temperatures, so they can determine. Like if they're a new hunter, oh, I only want to shoot bull elk. Well, okay, here's a piece of steak from a bull elk. Here's a piece of steak from a spike elk. Does that change your mind now? 
Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. That's a spike. There, That's there, really good. There is just nothing better than a young spike <laughs> or a young white tail. Can I ask you something going back, taking a step back there? Um, yeah. You, you'd mentioned the trigonosis thing. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, we all, anybody that bear hunts, I think, is, is aware of that and aware of, you know, yep. minimum temperatures and all that kind of stuff. But isn't it basically like the same concept as cooking pork? In terms of, you just want to make sure you're hitting that that you know minimum 160 or what? I, I mean, yep, yep. So that's that's exactly it. It's 161. So, but the thing is, with the domestication of swine, they essentially manage with the farms and stuff to breed out trichinosis or trichinella, which is the parasite from domesticated pork, like uh-huh. the, the stuff you buy at Costco and things like that. So you can actually cook those medium rare. Right? You can have it pink. You can have it a little bit bloody. Oh, but gotcha. before the domestication, severe domestication of swine, they got rid of trichinella. Yeah, it was the exact same thing. So like you boar hunt or you kill a wild pig, uh-huh. 100%, exact same thing. You got to cook it to 161, right? Because although the, the actual larvae of that animal dies at a much lower temperature, the larvae is only present in the GI system. What's in the muscles are the spores. So what happens is you eat these spores if you don't cook it to 161. And then in the acidic environment of your stomach and different things are going on, those spores break out and you get these little worms in your GI tract that burrow through your GI tract into your muscles. And forms these cysts and spores in your muscles. Yeah, it's it's nothing to mess around with. I mean, my wife says, yeah, yeah, no, I I, definitely, there is no... uh, medium rare medium or even you know everything bear wise is is well done but Mm -hmm. my wife talks about um once we butcher the bear uh, (coughs) to have it in the freezer for two weeks prior to even cooking anything with it and i can't remember what it was it it killed some kind of bacteria that could possibly be there she's the one that does all the research on that kind of stuff i've Uh, never heard of that one i haven't either And, and so but huh. she found I don't I don't even remember I'm gonna have to like I'm gonna be like babe what's your source what's your source I need I need to know where you <laughs> where, where you got this information um, but yeah. anyway I'm just curious I that popped into my head when you said that so um, so the the freezing the animal won't kill it you can leave it in the freezer as long as you want um, there's other bacteria and stuff I mean that that a freezer will kill most of that stuff though dies in like a biologically sound freezer negative 80 chamber and all of our freezers are zero degree freezers they don't go negative 80 yeah right so negative 80 will kill a lot of different things and that's why we use them in the the research world but the domesticate the freezer with your maytag i mean that's not going to do much yeah that's not no not no uh, hell no not negative 80 no um, no huh that see that that kind of stuff uh <clears throat> i i'm always interested in that uh it's it's always Something that I, I think we we think about a lot. How safe is this meat? What what is yep. what truly? There's a lot of opinions as to oh, yeah. what what goes into meat care to make it mm-hmm. either taste better or make it safer or what what to cook it to. You know. <clears throat> Anyways, yep. um, I, well, I kind of derailed us there. I'm sorry. Well, they. I mean, the other thing we've done. It's, so Adrian's a has a chemistry background, and I have a biology background. You ever wonder about aging meat? Like the bearded butchers did this really yeah. cool thing, like dry age versus wet age and flavor and stuff like that. But you know, it's kind of a pain in the ass to to dry age a 
an entire elk, right? Totally. So we ran we ran a really cool experiment that uh, that we're gonna hopefully get a magazine to pick up and publish about freezing your game before you actually age it. And I will just, in a nutshell, say, yes, you can. You can bring your animal in after rigor mortis has, you know, released, so the muscles are are soft again. Uh-huh. Say, take that back strap, wrap it up, freeze it. You know you're going to serve it on Christmas. Take it out December or November 30th and let it dry age in your fridge for 30 days prior to Christmas, cooking it. And it will produce the same flavor profile, the same water loss weight, the same tenderness and everything as if you had dry aged it prior to freezing it. Huh. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Um, yeah. I, I might know somebody that would publish that. I'll give. I'll. I'll, I'll keep keep you posted on that. That's, okay. That's really yeah, good we information. Yeah, we have a really, like, we controlled everything, took pictures, and wrote it up. And, you know, it's something that... I want to get out there, but I don't want it to get lost in the social media cyberspace, you know, yeah. as, as a reel, somebody sees it on a reel and then it's like, Oh, where in the hell did I see that? I want, I, know. I want that to be used because it's, it's pretty damn good information that you don't have to age your meat. Prior it's to really, it. Yeah. It's really good information. <clears throat> I mean, I, I would have never thought even because it, it's like this taboo thing sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally taboo. You know, but, and, but again, you, but, you talk to, you talk to the meat scientist about it. You're not losing the the mold spores and the fungus spores and the bacteria when you put it in a zero degree freezer right mm-hmm. so they go dormant you take them out and they just repopulate afterwards so it's a it's a really cool piece okay cool good to know yeah so yeah so there's all sorts of stuff with this course and and i think oh, we, we got we got derailed there um but we were talking about you know basically the hunters at the camp <laughs> And, yep. and now you're 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 like making videos on this stuff too. Is that is that like so people can get maybe on YouTube and check some of this information out? So that's or? that's a that's a great question. So when we were in the very early fledgling stages, I uh, I heard John Gabriel on on Dan's Elk Shape podcast. Yeah. And you know Dan was like he's the hardest working guy out there. And then I heard him on your podcast, and I was like, I got to reach out to this cat. I need him John? to help. Yeah, yeah. To John. He, every everybody everybody needs to reach out to John. Yeah, he's, he's 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 one great. of the best humans out there, man. I and, love that dude. You know, you know, Jim. He he was awesome. He he helped brand us. You know, put mm-hmm. together Crude Outdoors, tagged us as the Game Processing Institute, did our label and everything else. And he and I were talking you know, one of our three hour conversations that I'm sure he had a lot of other things to do than talk to a Northern Idaho guy who's just paying him for one brand. And <laughs> he's like, Hey, let me give you some advice. And I said, yeah, man, you got the Elk Collective going on. You got this business going on. Like, yeah, what do you got? He said, make it available digitally as well. He said, I know your bread and butter. I know you're a classroom guy. People are going to take the class because it's going to kick ass. You're going to be there. It's super fun. They get all this great experience, but make some level of it available digitally and make it affordable. And I was like, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He's like, but let me give you one last thing. Do it so goddamn good that anybody else that comes in and tries to do it, they would have to put so much time and money into it. It won't be worth their effort. And he said, because listen, he was telling us when I was telling him what we're doing, he's like, that doesn't really exist yet, but you're going to become successful 
And there's going to be other companies that are going to try to follow your footsteps and do something else and say they can do it better. So make it available digitally. So, and do it in such a manner that if they try to do it, they're just going to look obsolete and it's going to be an inferior product to yours. So squash the competition before they even become your competition. He's got, he's got the experience with that because I, you know, there's a lot of great elk hunting virtual courses out there. Yeah. But, None of them touch the Elk Collective. They, right. they You know right. what I mean? Like, they don't... They, I do. The, the information available in the Elk Collective is is profound. It's it's yeah. like, it, you can't even learn it all. There's so It's like, <clears throat> I, I, I feel like it's an intense college course, right? And and I, yep. I actually get a lot out of it because there's all these different perspectives. And so I think that that... I feel like that that's what they've done with the Elk Collective. I, um, I think so too. Yeah, they, yeah, they've, yeah. they've squashed their competition before their competition even knew they were there. Yep. And exactly. that's what he recommended. So, so we decided Adrian and I like, man, we need to make this into an app. Well, Jim, you know how much an app costs to have made? No. Like, um, somebody told me you could do it for 10 bucks and I didn't believe him. No, they're so full of shit. Their eyes are brown. That can't, <laughs> that can't happen. I read all these magazines like to get, you know, somebody and, indonesia or whatever to build an app platform for you and it's like man i mean we're not even we're losing money in credo like we're like i don't have that kind of cash flow to to pay somebody and one of the magazines the very last paragraph said or find an app that would work as a platform that you want reach out to the developers and see if they're interested in collaborating and so adrian and i going through what we wanted in an app like, you know, the Elk Nuts app is perfect, uh-huh. right? You got those buttons at the bottom, sequences, you know, and you hit sequence and you have the slow play, you have the breeding sequence, you have all these different things, different, you hit cow calls and there's 26 different cow call videos and stuff on there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, mm-hmm. we can do that with Credo. And so I, I got, got game text information available online emailed him emailed taylor Got a hold and taylor, i think yep. you know i think you know taylor what what a great that that company what a great group of four guys i mean yeah, they're they're yeah. awesome yeah, they they're, so they're awesome. pretty they're pretty inspiring man it's uh oh, i, I just I, I was thinking about I, I was just thinking about taylor the other day because he he posted something i think it was on father's day or something where he went in and i in fact i need to call him and talk to him about this he went in and got his bait barrel for bear season uh-huh. and strapped it to his pack the same way i i've done it Yep. And I learned a new method, and so I, I should I should call him because he's breaking his back like I have been with these dang fifty five gallon drums. Yep. Uh, anyway, yep. totally side oh, subject. Oh, he would love that. Yeah. So so I emailed him, and this is, I mean Taylor will probably laugh when he hears this. I emailed him at like seven thirty in the morning. I think it was June, maybe July of last year, and just a five sentence pitch. This is what I'm thinking, and. I swear if it was two minutes, that might be a minute too long. Like he called me right away and he's like, Mike, this is Taylor with God came. And I was like, Holy hell. I emailed you two minutes ago. Wow. And he's like, yeah, we're going out doing some scouting. We're in. I need to talk to, to the other three guys and got game tech. He's like, but that doesn't exist. And that would help people. We're in, that would be awesome. Totally. So we are taking everything. So our app is called cut right mobile. Um, it's going to be launched later this summer before elk season. It's going to be something that, you know how every elk hunter, damn near every elk hunter has Paul's 
app on their phone just yeah. in case. Mm-hmm. This app should will probably be we're hoping on every phone of every hunter in the country. Well, let me ask so, you this about the app with um, yeah, is it is it going to be like a like a tutorial? There's videos. Okay, you've got an elk <clears throat> down. Here's how you want to do the gutless. Here's how you want to you know quarter it out or or whatever. Like in a yep. video format. A hundred percent. And so 100%. are those videos going to be downloaded to the app or or the phone, or do you have to be in service to be able to watch them? You're going to be able to download them to your phone. So when you go out in northern Idaho, southern Idaho, Montana, and you have no reception, you're not panicked. Okay. It's just like that's, you can that's download where I've always been struggling. Yeah, yeah. And, yep. And I knew so that you're about going to be able stuff. to download. And they also do yep. – there's another cool app uh, Got Game Tech does called the uh, – Oh man, I forgot the name of it's a turkey app. Turkey it's, it's just is it turkey, turkey tech? tech? Yeah. I was gonna turkey say tech chat. turkey, awesome. but um, yeah, it's turkey it's tech, awesome. yeah. Yeah, it's a great yeah. one. Uh, so anyways, yeah, good, good. So useful. this one's this one's gonna gonna start with we have elk, deer, and bear as the three different animal modules. So, you know, because not deer don't look like elk, elk don't look like deer, bear look like neither of the damn two. Right. So what does a person who's always going to hunt Ohio want a video teaching them how to do a gutless method on an elk? It's not real applicable to them. Mm-hmm. So we have whitetail on there. But what we do even further. So we, you're right. We do. You know, we filmed all of this. We we're going to cut it down into small segments. You're going to be able to work forward from the animal down to whatever you want to cook or you'll be able to pull up that piece of meat that you want the top round and it'll have a link to the butchering section of it. It'll have a link to the field dressing section of it. And then it'll have all the recipes that you can make with field rounds. So the app will not just end with the field processing stuff, but we included all the butchering stuff with it. Sweet. I need this app, dude. I'll be your your beta tester. (laughs) I love it. It's, it's pretty awesome. And then, you know, we figured we need to, the the spouses of our hunters who who don't necessarily hunt needs to be useful for them too so oh my we included, God. My wife a, we included a bunch of recipes oh yeah you know my wife would it, so my wife and i we are a, we are a, our own butcher team right i, I, I love it i do I love like getting it off the bone or whatever cutting the muscle groups yeah. out and get, get, and then yep. she takes it from there and makes the steaks or grinds or the sausage yep. stuff and and we just kind of work together yeah, it's, it's a little challenging on a homestead uh, without like oh. a big kitchen <laughs> with a big sink and stuff. We we it's it's quite the circus, but it works. And yep. so she would love that. Like she doesn't hunt. My wife does not hunt, um, but she would love to have that app exactly for that reason. And so I feel like I feel like it's going to be a game changer, man. I I mean, I, well, that's what when you know Taylor and the crew and Adrian and I sat down, it was like wow. This, this can really revolutionize things. This is going to help a lot of people. Yeah. Right? This is going to, people are going to feel confident to do things on themselves. It's, I mean, we filmed every little aspect of, of butchering the animal, every little aspect of removing quarters, um, deer, like I said, deer, elk, and bear. And bear, I don't know why, you threw me for a loop. That anatomy on yeah. that bear is yeah, different. Man. I had to study that damn thing for about two hours before I jumped into butchering it, just trying to figure yeah. out, like, wow, look how small their butt muscles are, but look how big their biceps and triceps are. That doesn't make They're, sense. I haven't seen that it looks before. Like when you get the hide <laughs> off, it looks like out of proportion almost. It's like, how does it this does. thing, 
Like, this doesn't make sense. How does this thing move so fast? It, it's kind of like the guy that, like, in high school never lifted legs, but had that huge, big upper body and big mm-hmm. biceps, but he had, like, a potato on toothpicks. Yeah. Like, I got, bears, I got, like, a, I got an so uncle weird. that looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> That look, looks like a dipshit. Uh, hopefully he doesn't listen to this, but it, it's uh, it was it, it did it just looked like it was it was something was out of whack. Like like yeah. I don't understand how this functions, and I'm no biologist, Mike, but it, it it something didn't look right. But it was normal. This was a you know great healthy bear. I got the meat's beautiful. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, not a ton of fat on on uh, on this bear. Nope. Not not super nah, happy about either. that, but. I'm going to get the well, second you, tag. I don't know about you, but I'm getting the second bear tag uh, for our – because we can do that up here. Right. We can. When does that season end? Uh, November 30th. Oh, so yeah. You, no, you get, I have that. It starts – it opens back up, I believe, August 30th. People wanna, yep. will want to check that. Yep. But I, I know uh, – well, I know for for a fact that last year it ended on November 30th. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to do the same thing here. And yep. I want to get a big old fall bear, and my girls want to I get a bear. Too. So I, I actually said, like, I really hope – so I'm going to do that. I really hope I kill an elk within the first week of September. And like I said, I, yeah. one of my favorite favorite times to hunt is opening day. Just I don't care if it's 110 degrees. There's just something about opening day. We don't talk about that. Elk, do, <laughs> but, elk season but doesn't wanna, get good until September 15th. I want to kill something early so I can hunt bear because mm-hmm. I want a big fat fall bear as well. Yeah, that's my goal as well. But let me give you a hint with your grind. If you haven't ground it yet, because mm-hmm. you're going to cook bear to 160 burgers, you're probably just going to you know smash the hell out of them or whatever. Yeah, yeah. grind your bear, grind your bear meat with about 12% bacon. Oh, okay. Then Good. you can cook. The, then you can cook the living shit out of it. And every bite, it's going to be so full of juice from the bacon fat that's in there. Okay, I'll do that. I, yeah, but I need this app, man. I need this app for before. It, so when when are you thinking it's going to launch? So end of summer. So, so we're we're shooting for before elk season. So you know, archery elk season most places opens August thirtieth. We're shooting for before that. And do can you share like what the price point is going to be, or is that like not determined yet, or you can't? It's you not. Can't say it's it. we're you know I, I would say it if I knew it. We haven't determined it yet. Um, there is an insane amount of content going to be on it, and it's not going to. I can't imagine it would cost more than a Starbucks run for a husband, wife, and a kid. Okay. So that's that's our plan. So that, that's, that gives us know. in the ballpark. I I don't know, yep. I don't know I, I don't know what that costs because I haven't been to Starbucks in, in I don't know how many years because I live you know. Well, I think it, I think away. it'll be in line with. <laughs> oh, there is with, one. There's one in uh, Sandpoint and Coeur d'Alene, isn't there? Yeah, I haven't been to Starbucks in a long, long time. I'm, yeah. I'm too damn cheap. I'll drink coffee that's three days old before paying it. Two dollars and forty cents for an eight ounce coffee. Yeah, exactly. I I, I like mean, trucker coffee, cool. man. If it's a shitty old gas station with some old coffee, that's me. I'm there. Hey, Maverick has some of the best coffee out there. Right Maverick now. does. Yeah, Maverick. You does. know, but I will say that I think when we were discussing it, I think the price of the app will be in line with you know the Elknut app and Turkey Chat and their other apps. Okay. Um, but I we haven't we haven't gotten there yet. We've we've finish recording everything filming everything we're cutting it all up in fact for the three hours before our conversation i was writing content for the app so if someone doesn't want to watch it or their phone glitches or whatever it will be written out step by step how to do things 
well, in the I, field. We might have to we might have to discuss like a, a exclusive Western Huntsman promo code or something. Okay, we could definitely do that. We'll discuss that. <laughs> I, after this. Just, I don't want to put you on the spot while we're recording, but you know the exclusive. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only man in this business. I got, I got to talk to Taylor about that too. I'm sure we could work that out for you. Taylor, I, Taylor, if you listen to this, man, we're working at a deal right now. We'll just we'll let you know. I think he's an attorney, actually, man. You don't want to mess with him. Yeah, yeah, and like probably the nicest guy you're ever going to meet. Although yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I could say that about Dustin, Jack, and Ryan too. The rest of those guys down there, they they're just man, what a great crew of guys. And yeah. I'd say when we were having dinner down there with Adrian and I who and Adrian's been my hunting and fishing partner for damn near 15 years. I'm like, man, how, how the hell do four really good dudes get to know each other and, and fall into this business? Yeah. And it's just serendipitous, you know, good people find each other is what we always figure out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I think, I think that's how it, you know, and it, it's like, uh, what we were talking about with, with like John Gabriel, you, you know, I, I was introduced yep. to, to Gabriel through my buddy Dirk, Um, cause Dirk and Gabriel go way back and, and, uh, and now, um, you know, Gabriel introduces, introduces me to a lot of other people, uh, that are great, whether they're podcast guests or, you know, just whatever it is. It's, uh, that's, that's how this thing works. You got to build this network. And I guess that's not really aligning with what you were talking about with, uh, the, um, got game tech guys. Cause there's, there's four of those guys working, you know, actually together on this one business. Uh, but they had to meet each other somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was probably Gabriel. You know? It was probably Gabriel yeah. that hooked him all up. <laughs> We're just gonna go ahead and give him credit. Gabriel for that. knows everybody, man. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. You four have <laughs> the same magic. You're getting together. <laughs> so, so hey, I know you're doing the uh, the school of September, and I got a question for you. I want to tell you, yeah, about last year's animal that we are finishing up. Okay. So. It was a funky year last year, right? Like we had that weird rainstorm um, kind of mid-season, messed things up. My hunting partner's family all got COVID. So he had a boogie back. All three kids popped positive with COVID. So he had a boogie back home. Oh, man. And stuff like that. And then we said, all right, we're going to make a, a last assault the last five days. You know, and it's it was a long September. I'm very fortunate that my wife's like, go ahead, September's yours. Like work around your, your, your primary job and you can have September. I'll figure this out. And so my last day, it was pouring down rain in the morning. We walked out elk tracks, elk shit and piss everywhere, blowing sideways. We were like, let's just get out of here. Let's go get some breakfast, dry off a little bit. We're going to bring the lawn chairs out here at noon. And we're just going to sit our ass down on this logging road you know, 400 Mm -hmm. yards away from there. Okay. Until the evening, those animals should come out of the woods. So we're sitting there. I should say Adrian's sitting there. I'm sleeping. I'm snoring. I'm doing everything I can to not wake up. Actually, you know, he was walking around checking things and I'm just, I'm full on passed out for most of the day. And we start glassing around five 30 and he says, Hey, there's horns down there. I said, where? And he said, down there. And I was like, oh, shit, let's go. So we took off from there. We sprinted half a mile down, went to set up, you know, with him calling and me shooting up in front. And these animals held up in the reprod. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Is This is this is an archery hunt, right? This or is, is this archery. Rifle? 
No, this is archery. This, this is, is archery. archery. Okay, September. Yep. Okay, good, good, good. Yep. So they're they're hung up, and I'm on basically 20 yards in front of Adrian and to the side, and I walk back to him and I said, "They're hung up. They're not coming in. I'm going." And he's he's like, "Where are you going?" And I think by the time he processed it and said, "Where are you going?" I was 60 yards away from him, pushing in on those animals. And so I get up to these animals and I'm standing next to a little tree and I come in cow calling, right? I'm not coming in bugling. There's only one bull we could see. I'm like, I don't even know if there's other cows because we took off so damn fast to get down after this bull. So I come in, you know, kind of chirping quietly. Well, the bull comes on a string, right? Like string 35 yards. It's, he, of course he stopped in a really shitty spot. And yeah. so I'm positioning myself and I'm still chirping. I'm like, there's no goddamn cows. This is great. Well, that was wrong. The lead cow. And this is what I'm asking. Have you ever seen the lead cow came in cause he was going around this fall down and going to come directly to me, probably stop at 10 yards and eat an arrow. She literally cut him off and used her head to redirect him. No kidding. He would he would spin around so his ass would face me and try to like do like an NFL 360 running back move on her. And she would do the same spin the opposite way and be like, nope, you're not going fucking over there to that little hussy. You're not going over there. <laughs> and I and so this went on, and I'm not shitting you, for an hour and thirty-three minutes. Really? I was standing there actually at one point and I know you were in the service. So thank you for your service, but they teach you, they teach you how to stand right and flex your muscles. So you don't pass out. Yeah. But when you're not at full draw, when you're ready to draw for an hour and 33 minutes, you forget to actually flex your quads and wiggle your toes and shit. And I'm watching this whole thing unfold, occasionally chirping to keep them interested and I started to get that weird tunnel vision, like, holy shit, I'm going to pass out. Mm. So I had, to, I had to move it around. So after an hour and 33 minutes, he takes off the other way. And now he's 80 yards away. She kind of was happy, like, all right, you little hussy, he's not coming to you. So I chased him again, and I got back within 40 yards of him. And he's turned around again, starting to come back at me. I step to the side of this little reprod pine tree, and what do I hear? That goddamn lead cow Cow. was 25 yards to my right on a little knob and barked at me. Oh, no. She spotted you? (laughs) She spotted me, and the bull just stood there like, what's that crazy bitch barking at? Did you bark back at her? You're goddamn right. You know how many barks we exchanged? 17. Really? Back and forth over the course of another 30 minutes. Like, she's all, and I'm all, (laughs) back at her and like. She would like it, like stomp her feet, like "Don't you sass me, lady!" Like it was like, pretty crazy and intense. Wow! And so this is my last night hunting. That bull saunters off behind as two crazy women are barking at each other. Like a man probably should just saunter off if that's happening. And mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's like seven o one. The ending of legal shooting light was seven o two, and we had no meat in the freezer, so. I stepped to the side of this pine tree, went full draw. She gave me one last bark and was like, holy shit, that's not an elk, and spun to take off. I barked at her. She stopped and put one right through, double lung shot. She ran 30 feet, 
and fell over. Um, nice. It was a matter of putting meat in the freezer. That's, oh, you know, yeah, man. we had a little conversation before we came on. Like, I know I, I don't purposely hunt spikes. I don't purposely hunt small cows. But if I had to tell you what tastes best, it's a young elk. Yeah. There's, there oh, totally. is nothing nothing better than what we Ab- call mountain veal. <laughs> yeah, oh, mountain veal. Yeah, I remember you saying that. It, absolutely. You're, you're so dead yep. on. And I loved that. That's one of the things I, I love taking my daughters out because they, they just shot these little bucks last year, you know. <sighs> Holy cow, man. They taste, they, so they, it's good. like the best deer meat I've ever had. These yes, little white, yeah. young, year and a half year old whitetails, man. Yep. Holy and smokes. I, w- I, will, I will encourage you. Let them shoot babies as long as they can, but yeah. don't grind any of that meat. I mean, you could take the the yuckiest piece of meat and it's still going to be delicious. Not really. Ground. Okay, oh, that's God. good to know. It's perfect because Luke kills things. And like they're that too. they're both they're both telling me they're like, well, Daddy, I you know this year I want a big buck. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't want a big buck. They're uh, hey, I they're told stinky. You, man. Luke said the same thing, so he does it. <laughs> he does an early season kind of elk hunt starting in in you know, before archery season opens up mm-hmm. within a mile of a cultivated field. And he says, dad, I don't want to shoot a baby this year. I want to shoot a big cow. And I said, what in the hell would you want to do that for? Yeah. And he said, cause I don't, I don't want to shoot a baby anymore. I said, dude, those big cows taste like shit. Like <laughs> don't ever shoot the lead cow. Like if you want to shoot the fourth cow back, fine. But I would encourage you to shoot the young one, like the smallest yeah. one out there shoot because like between that and God willing, every year we're able, I'm able to harvest an elk. Like we could have one super tasty one and one that only has certain parts that are super tasty. Yeah. 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 And yeah. the rest of it's not terrible. It's just not no, as good as a young one. You know, it's, exactly. it's, it's not like it's bad meat, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that, I was blown away. Those, those bucks, those girls killed last year. It just, it's the most, it was just, it's just been amazing meat. All, and we're like, yep. we're pretty much out. Um, yeah. At this point yeah. of our venison. It's about time to refill that. Yeah, just about time. So uh, <laughs> so have you ever heard of a cow, a lead cow doing that? No. And literally, like, I mean, I let's mean, call it what it was. Well, like, I mean, at a bar with a bunch of friends, you would say you got cock blocked. Yeah. I mean, she, that's essentially that's exactly what, what happened. I mean, so so in that sense, yes. The, I, I know that um, one of my hesitations with using cow calls when the bull is actually physically coming in is yep. uh, it will s- kind of create this thing where the, the that cow whatever cow they get jealous they don't they don't want them over yep. there they don't want they don't want a new cow coming into their harem uh, they're not interested in a new friend and they want to keep him away from her um, if they're interested in that bull, kind of, which obviously if he's if he's kind of leading the harem in September, right? They're they're interested. Uh, they're just not yeah. they're just not hot yet. So yeah, I I have heard of that. <clears throat> I've never heard it defined or described the way you did, where she's physically keeping him away. Usually what With they her do head multiple times. Yeah, usually what they do is they just start heading the other direction, and the bull ends up following because yep. uh, I and and obviously I I'm not like an animal behavioralist, but my thought is. He knows those cows are a slam dunk, so he's going to stick with them instead of going and yeah. investigating this new cow, right? And so totally, usually they just totally take off that. and he follows. So um, now, yep. cool man, that's totally that's that's that. a cool story. Uh, yeah, really, it was it was pretty awesome. And like I said, I would have bugled, but mm-hmm. he came in, and I mean, I couldn't all of a sudden change from a young lady standing behind or right next to a single reprod tree to a bugling bull. He would be like. 
no, that seems a little weird. Like there, yeah. there was no room for it. So I had a, I kind of committed to being a young lady and I had to stick with my commitment on that one. Oh, so, wow. um, yeah, yeah. Well, Mike, this is, this has been awesome, man. I really want to, uh, I, I'm really excited about this app. Um, yep. I think that I think that you're right, and and what you said of what Taylor said, I think he's right. You know, in terms of what happens after the kill, there there isn't a lot of information out there. There's not a ton of like in detail, in depth kind of information. You can watch the YouTube right. videos. Okay, yeah, you know, this is how we break them down, a quarter amount, and blah blah blah. But yes. uh, it's it's just real generic stuff. And and I learned yes. with my bear, you know, sometimes. We get in our in our minds, um, you know. Oh, I'm you know I've been hunting for years, and and I butcher my own that. stuff. I don't need I don't need any help. But holy cow, I could I certainly would have benefited from that app uh, yep. last week when I when I got that bear down because I again it, my first bear I didn't know shit about what I well, was doing. Well, it's crazy how thin their skin is too, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's they have, super crazy. I think that's partly why I I fucked that hide up so bad. Yep. I mean, their skin is so thin. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what blew my – that – doing our bear, I mean, Adrian and I filmed that thing. It must have been three hours of filming that thing. And, you know, we were fortunate that one of the other guys knocked down a bear later that evening in a different spot. And we were – I had a practice bear, which is my bear, and then we were able to go in and do his bear for um, the actual app and go through how to how to take those front paws off. Right? Yeah. Like, what bones to cut through? Like I guessed on that. I, I guessed yeah. on that. And uh, it was funny after after I got that bear down, man. Um, I yeah. I have the little Zolio thing. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the you know the, the uh, whatever the device that allows me to text my wife or whatever whoever. Yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Like it, it's like yes, yes. kind of like a Garmin yeah. go in in what in reach. Gosh. Yeah. But it's yeah. the Zolio. I can't. I, I went totally blank with that. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not far from. I in fact. Um, my wife and kids were sitting outside here at the homestead and heard me shoot this bear. That's how close oh I was. Oh my god, I, I'm, that's so cool! I'm if you cross the highway, I was like 20 minutes up the mountain where I had my bait barrel, so they oh, knew something was up. So cool. And and yeah. so I text her, bear down, blah blah blah. So she brings up the girls and they come in to help me pack everything out, um, which I didn't really need. I, I got all the meat, hide and skull, all in one trip with my yep. on my pack, you know. But anyway. Yep. Uh, I cut the feet off and they wanted to keep them. So I actually have two bare feet in my freezer in a Ziploc bag and I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with them. Trying to figure out what the hell to do with those things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I love it. Just take the nails off and make them necklaces. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, so, that's what I would do. I mean, what the hell else are you going to do with those things? You're not going to tan a paw. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> well, let's keep in touch. Let's, I, um, I, I, I'm totally up for uh, you coming back on just before launch to kind of, kind of. I'm sure some of the information is going to change, and maybe you could, yep. once it's ready to launch, maybe be able to describe it in better detail and talk about pricing and how to get it and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, that would be great, Jim. That would be awesome. What's the website they can find Credo Outdoors? Is it just CredoOutdoors.com or? So we couldn't get .com. It was taken by somebody else. So we are CredoOutdoors.org. Okay. Um, and we do. Instagram is Credo Outdoors, and I'll post recipes, pictures, everything else on on Instagram, hunting pictures, you know, just finally perfected after multiple years, my jerky recipes, um, and the occasional reel, like 
Sausage yeah. making has always been something I really wanted to get into, and I finally figured out how to twist sausage the correct way. And I thought, you know, this this should be pretty valuable information to people. See, I can um, use that info. I, I don't know how to yeah. do that. I know how to well, make sausage, I, but I don't know how to twist it right. <laughs> check out the latest reel. I, I go through the difference between the top round and the bottom round. Oh, okay. That'll so, be good to like, know. I can yeah. jump on there now because uh, bear season's over, so I'm like actually here and being able to get on Instagram and stuff now. Yep. So, yeah, crudeoutdoors.org and then crudeoutdoors. Uh, on Instagram is our primarily way of communicating with people and stuff. And guys, that'll all be in the show notes, obviously. Um, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes so you guys can just jump on there and check that out. Uh, give them a follow on Instagram. Oh, uh, real quick before I wrap yeah. this up with Mike, um, on a side note, I want to welcome my friend who is uh, brand new to Idaho, um, Chris McKelvey escaped california and is now officially an idahoan and uh usually i frown upon that kind of move because we we're, we're kind of full no, we have a lot we're, we have a lot we're, we're getting there but he <laughs> yeah. is uh, but but uh, i'll make an exception for for chris and and so i just want to tell him um welcome to idaho and another way to put that is welcome to america um so <laughs> yes sir <laughs> i love it i appreciate it so mike thanks a bunch yeah. for joining joining me on uh, this episode man i'm gonna make this live like instantly man it'll, it'll be up tonight it. jim i love it and uh man i would love to when you god willing you get that animal down this year just give me a jingle man i'll come up and we can drink some bourbon and go through all these different cuts of meats and everything else i would love to do it don't tempt me with a good time Bourbon and butchering, man. We could do an episode right there. Bourbon and butchering, right there. That would be one hell of a YouTube video. That, that would be. That would be. We could do it, man. It would, it would go viral. I'm pretty sure it would. Yep. As, yep. as well as the absolutely shitty jokes we would tell each other during that. <laughs> I have the worst jokes in podcast history, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, you just got to be proud in your own skin, bud. (laughs) Guys, check it out. Credo Outdoors on Instagram and credooutdoors.org. And, Mike, we will be in touch. I appreciate you coming on, man. That was a lot of fun. Sounds great, Jim. Thanks a ton. You made it all the way to the end. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. We sure appreciate your support. This is Jim Huntsman signing off and reminding you to check us out at Instagram at The Western Huntsman and on Facebook at The Western Huntsman. And you can also check out the website at thewesternhuntsman.com. Thanks again. We'll see you guys next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the mountain.